<laughs> but in 2008, we had to flood back the economy. And how do we do that? We print money, put it in the economy, and have people start spending again. But this time, what really, really set this cryptocurrency world off is because the banks can no longer have a bailout, right? So the, 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 the Federal Exchange Commission, they cannot, the Federal Reserve, excuse me, they cannot come back and rescue banks, right? But what they have now in place, and hear me when I say this, they have what you call bail-in. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? That means now the Federal Reserve or the government can't bail banks out. The people have to bail the banks out. So now every deposit that you have in the bank, you are a creditor. Once your money is a deposit in the bank, you are not the owner of that money. You are a creditor. Look it up. Google bail in. So wow. if a bank goes bankrupt now, guess what? All the people who have money in there, they get an IOU. <laughs> they get an IOU because you're a you're just like if I was to file bankruptcy, everybody who I owe, they're gonna just you know send me IOUs. And if I don't have any money, good luck with that. That's what banks are now. We are creditors, and this is the thing. Everybody know well. We're insured by the FDIC, right? Everybody, every personal account should be insured up to $250,000. But right. when you look yeah. at the money, if the three biggest, and I won't name them, but if the three biggest major banks go down, do you know it? they couldn't even pay out 10% of the money that's in their deposits right now? So saying that to say our financial systems are crazy. So people were looking at this. You got some of the brightest minds with some of the, the, the I think, mm. the purest intentions that say, you know what? We are not going to leave our financial futures in the hand of governments anymore. Thank you for joining us today. We are again with another episode of the Brew Lucid Podcast, where we're helping entrepreneurs turn ideas into action. Today, we have a special guest. Uh, we're working on some financial literacy today with our friend Kim Starks. How you doing today, Kim? I am doing wonderful. So happy to be here, Idris. Thank you for having me. Sure. Uh, through the power of networking, we went ahead, came together, and it's just fitting that, you know, with our entrepreneurial background, we're going to work on money today. And this is really for everybody. How can we use our money? What's going on in the world? We're going to kind of just answer some questions today. Firstly, we're going to take a step back and we're going to have um, Kim introduce herself and we'll go from there. So who is Kim Starks? Oh, wow. Well, Kim Starks is a very passionate um, young lady from Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, born and raised, but then, you know, travel all over the place. I really got my footing in financial services in uh, Georgia. I, actually, I lived up in the Columbus, uh, Atlanta area. And yeah, I've been in a financial service industry about 15 years, really found okay. out um, how money works and it, it changed my life. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mom. Um, I do a lot in ministry. So I'm a pretty much all around person. Yeah. Financial financial services for fifteen years. Go into that a little bit. Like, what are some um, 
clients you've worked with? What's some cases that you've done? What, what are some things that you've done throughout your career? Oh, okay. Well, great. Well, yeah, well, I've done everything from building portfolios. You know, in my career, I built a lot of portfolios for families, um, done 401ks for, you know, businesses. So I've done a lot of uh, um, group uh, trainings. Also, I ran a team of about 45 other uh, financial service agents, um, did mortgages. So, you know, my head in that financial industry is pretty, you know, pretty, pretty intense. Um, things begin to change um, 2008. I don't know, you know, a lot of your listener was around there, but basically we had one of the biggest uh, market crashes um, in, in the housing market. So that that really affect a lot of people business in the, the financial industry. So instead of doing a lot of mortgages and, and, and a lot of training teams, I began to just, you know, do a lot of things individually, just working one-on-one with more high-end clients. Um, and then also a lot of um, uh, middle, you know, middle income. Well, American. We're talking about like six, six figure, seven Figure yeah. Out. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, a lot of times, you know, especially then a lot of, you know, people lost their jobs. So they need a lot of uh, uh, financial education on how to, you know, roll over their money without, you know, getting hit with all the taxes and losing 30 and 40 percent. So around two between 2008 and 2010, my business began to shift. I started doing a lot of um individual clients, um, high-end clients. Um, and then I moved from uh, Georgia to Michigan and Michigan was really struggling, you know, uh, Atlanta area, uh, Georgia area kind of, you know, bounced back pretty quick, but Michigan was still tr- struggling in 2012, 2013. So um, that's when I kind of started doing a lot of educating because when I moved back to, to Michigan, this is my hometown. And I really started. Let's go back because okay. there's a lot. There's a lot there. That just, okay. a lot there. Well, um, you just got to tell me what you need. I just, nah, I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you. That, there's a lot there right there because the 2008 really was a big one across really the world, but then but the nation. And as you're saying, we can see ATL now is really growing. Like okay. it's grown since then. But like you're saying, like in the in different Midwest places, it's kind of been slow. What are some things that you've seen that are different from um, ATL? We see it with the sports teams. We see it with the entertainment industry. And we see it with how big, you know, the financial market has gotten down there. Yeah. What's different? What makes that different than like Michigan or kind of slower areas of the country? Well, what, what's the difference in Monster? Well, I'm going to tell you. One of the biggest things is people's education level. See, most people, when when we have the biggest crash, that's the biggest comeback. So when people can get in back involved, when a crash comes or we have a, a, a financial disruption, mm-hmm. those who get in early, when things begin to go back up, they make the most financial gain. And when you yeah. look at the Atlanta area, you have a lot of entrepreneurs. You have a lot of people that have a, a high financial IQ. Um, nothing against Michigan, but Michigan, you know, it, it took a big hit because of the, you know, it's the, the car industry, the automo- automotive right, right, industry. Right. And so, so many people was laid off and so many people was more like trying to, 
get, you know, get back on their feet, that they really wasn't, from what I could see, they really wasn't focused on, you know, making big financial moves where people, yeah, down South, when it hit, you know, when it hit, if you didn't get wiped out, you knew to get back in the market because, it was going to be a recovery. And that's one thing about financial crisis. When we look at what goes on in the financial arena, as far as in the housing or stock market, things go down, but every time it goes down, it comes back up. So when it goes down, if you don't get in and you lost a lot of stuff and you don't recover that, then you could be struggling for the next 20, 25 years. Would you say that that now, 2022, is the same kind of, Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you the difference with the financial climate. Now we have such a disruption in the financial industry because now we have cryptocurrencies. Now, you know, the blockchain has been introduced. Um, Everybody's preparing for what? Let me correct that. Not everybody. Most people, right, who, who are in the financial industry are preparing for Web3. So these are some game changers. So yes, everything is down right now, but we know it is a financial shift. And this is the time that millionaires are actually going to be made. So I'm super excited about now. Don't get me wrong. I don't, you know, I, you know, I have a big heart. I don't want anybody to be struggling or anything like that, but this is exciting times because this is the times where a lot of regular, normal people are going to make some financial moves that's going to change their leg- uh, their family's legacy forever. Okay, let's hop right into it. Let's do uh, Web3 and Metaverse. Let's, let's, let's go jump into it. Um, it's not necessarily the everyday person doesn't really know too much about the Bitcoin cryptocurrency at this point. Right. It's growing in that, yes. in that industry, but this is really an opportunity for us um, neglected communities in the yes. financial realm where it equalizes because it it's decentralized, right? It's not yes. these people's power are, you know, distributing the wealth. It's you can yes. buy Bitcoin at whatever, whatever, or whatever, yes. you know, yes. coin and everybody can get into it. Um, tell us a little bit about that, how it kind of helps, you know, what, what are these Bitcoin machines that are popping up in gas stations? What, why are so many countries getting to that space? Where, what, why is that so popular at that point? Talk a little bit on the, um, on that kind of on the Web three blockchain. Okay, well, when we look at Bitcoin, okay, I'm gonna break it down to the simplest, simplest form. Okay, when we look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin is, um, they're calling it a store, where, a place where you can store assets, right? Where you can beat inflation. But when you really look at what Bitcoin is, it's a new currency that no one government can control. So I want you to just think about that for a minute. Okay. Every currency in every country is controlled by the government, right? And so here it is, you have a new currency that's the control is in the hands of the people, right? So mm. for the first time in history, Idris, I can take my phone and I can send you money and I don't have to use a bank. I don't have to use a financial institution. So no one can control our transactions to each other. When you say financial disruption, 
financial disruption, <laughs> okay? And when, you know, Bitcoin first came out, when you look at like 2010 and things of that nature, everybody thought that, you know, this is not real. It's not gonna, you know, do, you know, it's not gonna grow. It's not, you know. And, and especially got, because people got hit by the 2008. Yeah. Like, it didn't happen 2008. So now yeah. they really like, you know, believe in. Because, yeah. 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 Well, I think that's why they, they created it, right? Because when you look at 2008, let's just go back for a we had what you call the bailouts, right? So you had all these financial institutions that had loaned out all this money for these houses. All these houses was inflated, right? Mm -hmm. So basically you have a house that was really worth say $100,000, but because the bank could loan $200,000 out for somebody right. to buy that house, the, the the market was crazy because not only was it $100,000 overpriced, but guess what? People could buy that house and they didn't even have to prove that they have the income to afford it. Yeah. So if you remember, this was a time that the, the adjustable rate loans came out, the adjustable rate mortgages and things of that nature. So what happened? We were in a bubble. And when that bubble popped, all the banks and all the institutions that should have been criminally convicted, if you ask me, they got bailed out. So not only did they just get a tap on the wrist, but they got all their money back. And who suffered? It was the people. So Satoshi came out. Basically, I never met him. They say he's not real, but somebody came up with Bitcoin. That was the first cryptocurrency. He said he is going to create an asset, a currency that the people owned, and it wasn't owned by government. And he put it on what you call the blockchain. Now, what's so special about the blockchain in Web3 is because it keeps everybody honest. Like when you hear things like, oh, well, cryptocurrency is for money, money laundering and people scamming. That is the biggest lie ever. Why? Because anytime you send Bitcoin, it can be traced. They can't interrupt it and and just right. steal it. let me let me uh let's step back let's, let's do a, a quick little quick little recap so okay 2008 they're we're loaning out well the banks are loaning mm -hmm. out these loans that mm -hmm. don't really exist they're overpriced it's overinflated and the money isn't there for people who can't afford it right for the house or that what that asset right gets too big and becomes a bubble right pops people suffer banks get a slap on the wrist right and now it's even um so there's a movement of, okay, if they aren't going to be punished, then we have to create something where the people can do stuff for the people. So yeah. now the banks are kind of being cut out of that. So that's well, kind yeah. of, yeah. Okay, so let me just stop right there because where I was going with that, see, the blockchain keeps people honest because you can always track where the money goes. But when, after 2008, because of everything that happened, and you notice we printed a lot of money. I'm going to get to 2020 in a minute because that was ridiculous. But in 2008, we had to flood back the economy. And how do we do that? We print money, put it in the economy, and have people start spending again. But this time, what really, really set this cryptocurrency world off is because the banks can no longer have a bailout. 
right? So the 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 federal exchange commission, they cannot, the Federal Reserve, excuse me, they cannot come back and rescue banks, right? But what they have now in place, and hear me when I say this, they have what you call bail-in. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? That means now the Federal Reserve or the government can't bail banks out. The people have to bail the banks out. So now every deposit that you have in the bank, you are a creditor. Once your money is a deposit in the bank, you are not the owner of that money. You are a creditor. Look it up. Google bail in. So wow. if a bank goes bankrupt now, guess what? All the people who have money in there, they get an IOU. <laughs> they get an IOU because you're a you're just like if I was to file bankruptcy, everybody who I owe, they're gonna just you know send me IOUs. And if I don't have any money, good luck with that. That's what banks are now. We are creditors, and this is the thing. Everybody know well. We're insured by the FDIC, right? Everybody, every personal account should be insured up to $250,000. But right. when you look yeah. at the money, if the three biggest, and I won't name them, but if the three biggest major banks go down, do you know it? they couldn't even pay out 10% of the money that's in their deposits right now? So saying that to say our financial systems are crazy so people were looking at this you got some of the brightest minds with some of the the, the i think mm. the purest intentions that say you know what we are not going to leave our financial futures in the hand of governments anymore Ooh, that's big that's powerful that's powerful. So i hope that made sense <laughs> that's powerful right there man and it, it just makes me go back to the great depression um, where people are taking their money out the bank, hiding under the the under the bed, you know, and a lot of our grandmas still do that, where the money's under the bed mattress forever because they don't trust the banks. That's just made, that's where it takes my mind to. It's like, and it's like all over again, it's repeating itself. That is amazing. That's amazing. So, okay, that was that was powerful. Now, okay, <laughs> kind of make us pause. Now, that's not to bring any any fear. That's just to let you know where we are. Because yeah. see, I don't have, but to be honest, though, the bank is not paying nobody any money for their and money honestly, anyway. Honestly, it's like, it's, it's the bank too, but it's like, it, it kind of, it's a theme. It's a theme. So they're doing that for the bank, but we're also doing that with Airbnb. Cutting out the mirror man, cutting okay. out the hotels. We're also doing with, yes. right, Turo, which is cutting out the, the big companies, corporations. It's like this, this movement of taking the power from these corporations of putting them into people's yes. hands. Um, yes. Uh, and then that brings us to 2020, because I think there's a a a, a push and a pull there with employers. Employers got in trouble in 2020, fired a lot of people, and now they want to hire people back. And now it's hard to bring hire people back. So now there's a push and pull between the employer and employee. Oh, um, yeah. Let's 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 go on to that. Let's let's move. So we're in 2008. Bitcoin comes out maybe 2010. Right, we're building momentum. People start realizing what it is. Probably what 2015, mm -hmm. 2016, um, mm -hmm. and then we'll keep going. Pandemic happens in 2020. What um, what was the financial climate like? You know, a couple of years ago, it's still affecting us today. Better. Okay, okay I hear you now. Okay, so in in 2020, right when 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 uh, COVID nineteen hit, 
that was the biggest financial disruption in the world, right? Most people were in survival mode, but the numbers show that the average millionaire increased their millions by, if you only had 1 million as an entrepreneur, they said the average millionaire did 13 times what they normally do, right? And the reason was, if you think about it, so many entrepreneurs came out with masks. <laughs> I mean, if you were selling, if you were selling sanitizer, you was making a lot of money. You see what I'm saying? But the thing is, when you have 80% of America just in a panic, but you have that that core group, you know, like the 80-20% rule, people are thinking about how can I take advantage of the of this climate. And for those of us who are in the financial industry, I, I the first thing I did is start buying up a lot of stock. A lot of my portfolio went down, but I knew within a year or two, they was going to have to have some solutions. So just in a matter of eight to nine months, most people portfolios, I know I did and and. In less than 12 months, I gained about 300% off of stock, let alone crypto, uh, cryptocurrency. That's a whole nother, a whole nother beast. But the problem that we found in 2020 is that we printed more money in 2020 than we did let's, in the first hundred years. There. Let's break that down. What mm -hmm. so I think we I think that's a buzzword, buzz term. We hear that a lot. What's what that? does printing more money mean? Well, printing more money means that we flood the economy with money. So are, the are, they, I mean, are they are they literally printing like literally just printing money and yes. distributing? Yes, they yeah, that's, they that's literally, literally what they're doing. Okay. Yeah, printing money. It's okay. really a printer that prints like them new hundred dollar bills. Absolutely. And they start yeah. circulating. And so basically, yeah, they, they actually have a printer <laughs> and they right. print new meal, bills and flood it in the market. Right. And so what this does when they gave out the stimulus checks and because think about it, when people have oh, money, so, that the, they so the stimulus checks wasn't from our taxes. It wasn't from the government's pocket. Oh, it was from no. it was from a printer. It's from a printer. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> And you think about it, honestly, where we have been going into a digital world anyway. Most people use their debit cards, their credit cards. We don't have a whole, whole bunch of cash, right? So I'm not saying they printed every $100 bill, but they flooded the market. Some, some of them printers was going, but basically they made cash so accessible that people start spending. Especially you put, you put, you know, millions and millions of people in the house with their families, with their kids. We hadn't been living that many hours inside of a house ever. So here, but you know, Amazon became everybody's best friend. Oh Amazon, <laughs> things yeah. that you used to order online. Now, you know, so many people, they order their groceries online. So many people don't even go shopping. So who was hit? Retail stores was hit. Restaurants was hit. So you got all these people that's off work. We got all the free unemployment. We got all the free stimulus checks. Where do you think this money was coming from? But I want you to think about it. We had not did anything, even since 2008. 
what have we done that really made the economy come back? If you think about it, we haven't really produced nothing that went all over the world. We just own the dollar. Our advantage as Americans, Idris, is that we own the currency of the world. So we can print money like that. When you look at Venezuela and other company, other countries, when they print their money, their money went to zero. So you got people at the ATM trying to get money and it's over. The, the, the country then went bankrupt. See, right. and that was our advantage because the American dollar is the, is the, the currency for the whole world. So we can print it. We, we got it like that. Gosh, we got it like that. But that's why you see this change. That's why you see the threatening of war. Like, I mean, I ain't going all the way there, but we got so, a problem. So we got what, a problem. what has that done? All right, so then we're on the, all right, so we went, Mexico, we're going we're gonna to narrow it down here. We're going to get back to the to everyday okay. person. We printed all this money. It's out here. Now, what does that move? That, so that means inflation. So how yes. does that relate to the everyday person that's buying on Amazon, that's okay. buying their groceries? Okay. So we did all that in 2020. 2020, everybody, okay, we getting employment. I mean, you, you, you balling. You getting all this money and you ain't even working. So it did two disruptions. Number one, it took people off them jobs and they will they now understand it, man. I've been giving you 40 and 50 hours of my life. And now, you know, I'm realizing I'm missing out on life. I didn't have time, you know, after you get through the arguments and all that at home, right? But now I'm I'm realizing I'm missing time with my family. And so you had a lot of people figuring things out because they didn't know what was coming. So when people don't know what was coming, one thing about America, I tell people don't don't ever bet against America because we gonna come up. So you got people that's inventing jobs, right? People automatically becoming, when I can't remember the numbers, but I think it was like 22% more entrepreneurs would have been born, successful entrepreneurs, right? That's yeah. turning profits in the last two years, right? 22% more have, have came out versus in the year prior because jobs aren't promised, right? When, when people just went on and they could open up and they didn't and they were saying, when you can come back to work, people went in panic mode. So they start learning how to make their own money. Right. And so now you got that tug of war. Some people ain't going back to work or they're demanding more money. So now it's about supply and demand. We have more demand. Right. For, for people uh, as employers. But the supply of people that want to work is short. <laughs> it's a lot shorter. But then you look at inflation because all the money that was circulating, all the 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 backlogs, like when we because we are um are we are uh import we do a lot of imports right when when like i go back i said we don't make a whole bunch of things you think about what america really makes to supply the world we do a lot of imports right that's what's going on with, with our shortage in our cars and boats and things of that nature because we depend on a lot of other countries right to import the things that we need that we sell and so when you look at all the ships that was, you know, backed up and all the things that usually circulate in our economy, because we needed them, people start charging us out. Oh, stuff was going up 40 percent. 
like when you looked at lumber and, and things of that nature and right, we right, right. when we look at what's going on in the housing market so basically we got houses that's really worth two hundred thousand that's selling for four hundred thousand and even to build it now you add on another hundred thousand so basically it's about supply and demand we it's harder for us to get the things to our country than it used to be. People are charging gotcha. us a lot more. So that is the cause of inflation, especially food. Okay, and that's and that's and that's what's like so it costs us more to get the, the raw supplies. Oh yeah, absolutely. You get the raw supplies and then it costs more, then you have to pay the truckers more and the gas went up. And then you got to charge, you know what I'm saying? So if you can find them, because a lot of people ain't even yeah. working. So you got to pay the truckers more. You got to pay the, the, the foreigners more to sell us the product. We got to, we like, it's just so no, much. It's really insane too, because it's like, you know, you'll, you'll drive by signs that say, start today and uh, start today and get paid tomorrow. Like, it's just really yeah. a push. Like, it's, it's really insane, like, where these employers trying to get employees. Um, all right, so we got the inflation. From 2020, um, what are so things are on sales? We're going through recessions or whatnot. Let's break it down to the average mm -hmm. person. They have some money. Okay. They they were they became an entrepreneur in 2020, or they found different jobs, mm -hmm. different ways to make it happen. Um, what's some ways for them to get started into Web three, Bitcoin, um, building a portfolio? What are some different ways mm -hmm. for them to start and uh, and go from there? Well, I would say the first thing that I really advise everybody to do is get educated, right? The first thing you want to do is start taking some classes. Um, or, you know, YouTube is good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm serious. No, YouTube University gets you, gets you there. Yeah, 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 YouTube is good. But what, I, what I've done, my, you know, my whole career, I, you know, I find somebody that I can relate in that, that knows what to do. And I have them coach me or I tie into their YouTube. I tie into whatever um, outlets that they have so I can learn because you can go and you can, you know, somebody can, you know, sell you some Bitcoin or, you know, I can show you how to put, I can put together a portfolio for you based on your income, based on your goals. I can do that in less than an hour. But what I'm really advising everybody to do now is educate themselves. So instead of just putting together portfolios now, I have jumped into the education arena because if I can show you how to build your own portfolio, guess what? You don't have to just take my word for it. And this is a time where people need to learn how to manage their finances. So to answer your question, I will say some things that the everyday person really want to do right now is keep debt as a minimum. Keep your living expenses as a minimum and much as your income that you can take start building assets whether it's stock whether it's land whether it's uh starting a small business because what you want to do is start building assets right because with inflation inflation never goes back down it only can go up. so when we look at the prices of things it's only a few things, uh, prices that's going to circulate. That's like the price of gas or maybe electricity, but food and stuff like that, your everyday uh, things that you have to buy is not going down. So you have to, to make sure that you, I would say, 
at least 30% of your income right now should be going to assets. If you can't put 30% of your income in assets, you got to find a new way to make money. You have to add something extra. And I usually say the best way to make money is have your money make money or make right. passive income because it's only so many hours in the day and you don't want to be working 16 and 20 hours and be stressed out. So the thing is to build assets, free up some of your income and start looking for passive income opportunities. So if you need to eliminate debt, I would say eliminate as much debt as you can, but don't use all your money to eliminate debt. Okay. And let me just say this, because sometimes I get in trouble about this. The old way we used to do things is they called it baby steps, right? First, you have, you know, you protect your income and you still want to do that. That is step number one, protect your income, protect your assets. The second step was an emergency fund. They tell you to save six months up before you start. So we're talking about like, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna mention his name. You know, you you know, yeah. Baby steps. Okay, I took that course back in two thousand. That worked then, but I wouldn't recommend that now. Why do I say that? Because the average household spends on the low end about three thousand dollars a month. So basically, that's saying I'm gonna have to save eighteen thousand dollars cash before I start investing. No, 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 no. We have different ways that we can leverage, right? Because I can have access, you know, to fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and it can take me like three to six months to put that in the place. Because if you think about it, if you if you have an emergency fund with six months worth of income, and they saying keep that in case of emergency. Where do most people keep that money? It's in the bank or maybe a, a money market account. Who making money off of the 18000 You might not even, not even their money anymore. No, 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 no. So I would say, uh, you, you got to get with a financial coach. Uh-uh. That's the old game. And that's why 75% of, of Americans don't even have $1,000 in emergency fund because that seems so long. It, 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 it drains people energy. They think they can never get ahead. No, 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 no. So, uh-uh, uh-uh. You, you got to find a new solution. We can solve that. We can get your emergency fund. We would get you access to cash so you can take that money, at least, you know, 80% of it, and start putting it in assets that is going to make you money. You, you see what I'm saying? So, sure. it, the, and then you can get to do. that. You can get to that saving those savings faster if you you're saving money. Plus, you have this asset bringing in money. Now is now you can see the end of the tunnel instead of just saying I gotta save thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, because see that's a mindset. We gotta change our mindset. Why am I saving thirty thousand dollars with you? What are you doing with that thirty thousand dollars? Because the bank loaning for every dollar you put in there, they can loan out six. Exactly. They can loan out six. And I think, and I think that's a really, interest. <laughs> I think that's a really crucial part too that we have to understand is that that knowledge, we have to replace that knowledge. We have to learn faster because technology is developing so fast. So yes. even on different steps, like let's say, let's say college. When our parents yes. told us that go to school, go to college, get a good job, that was good information mm-hmm. for their generation. Like that made yes. a lot of sense. That, that they were telling us right for the mm-hmm. knowledge that they had. Mm-hmm. And they, but they didn't have a, they didn't have cell phones back then. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's developed so fast. Like yes. So we have to understand that that goes with 
financial, that goes for education, that goes for jobs, that we have to understand and learn faster to get to catching up to today's standards. Um, yes. uh, so I, I think it's the whole mindset in general. So I love that you that you emphasize that. Yes, because you can learn this. I mean, basically, like you said, they, they say, okay, go to school, go to college, get a degree, get a good job, work for 30 years, and then you're going to retire. No, all that, don't, don't none of that work anymore. I know so many people that got a master's degree, and they're not even making one one third of entrepreneurs who didn't even finish high school. And it's really, a, a, it's, a, it's a, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, that's, because, yeah, can, that's a rabbit hole to jump into, but, uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's crucial. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. So I think education is good, but we need to get educated in 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 the route that we're going. <laughs> you and know what I mean? Understanding what our goal is too. Yeah, because, understanding okay, what our goal there's is. There's nothing wrong with college, but if your goal is to like, if you do, you need a degree. This is the thing. You when you look at some of these degrees that's out here what people can actually do with them. Because see, what we really need is the skill. We need to master the skill of what we're going to do. Like, I don't have a fight. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I dropped out of school in the eighth grade because I, I love to learn, but I hated academics. I, I didn't like filling my brain with stuff that I didn't, that I didn't want to know about, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I did go back to school. I got a two-year degree. But when I learned about finances, because that's my area, I, I started selling things at eight. So when somebody told me about compound interest and how it worked, I immediately got in the industry, got licensed and been gone ever since. You see what I'm saying? So I believe in education and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with college, but I'm saying we need to be specific about how we build our skills to, 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 to launch out in a career. Yeah, so to make, knowing, knowing where we want to go with it. Yes. And, no, and, and making the right moves because you tell me anything in America that has went up over 400% in 20 years. College. <laughs> would, it, would it cost to go to college 20 years ago? You, can't, you can barely for a year for what you would pay for a year, you can't even get a you can't even get you can't even get almost four credits. <laughs> but you think about it. Yeah. You you think about this. We had so much crisis behind Social Security money, right? Can I tell you what's the biggest? What is the biggest asset on the government? <laughs> uh, income, income and asset spreadsheet, student loans. That's the next bubble. You have more people that owe student loans. That is the biggest financial deficit in America right now. And you can, I don't care if you file bankruptcy or nothing, you can't get rid of that loan. So get, that's why we're not talking about social security anymore because so many people owe student loans. You, you see what I'm saying? I know mm -hmm. I didn't open up a can of paint, but just think about it. So whatever area we're going in, if it doesn't need a degree or if it doesn't need license. So if you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be a, a, a physical therapist, you know, certain things you got to go to school. But other things, you need to master that skill. Or even some people that's, you know, taking two years and get a trade is coming out with no student loans and they can take those five yeah. to 10 years to build their career. But 
I mean, sometimes it's sad. I was in the bank the other day and the, and the girl was telling me that she's only 23 and she's already $90,000 in debt and her and her boyfriend ain't even bought their first house yet. That's what she was saying. I was doing some transaction with some mortgages right. and she was like, I don't even think I ever be able to buy a house. And I'm like, why you say that, girl? You're so young. She said, I'm $90,000 in debt. And she's not even making $46,000 a year. Y'all, something wrong with this math. So yeah, what I would say is get educated, get financial literacy, build your financial IQ. Because once you learn the rules of money, you'll be set. You'll be set. I'm telling you, you will know how, if, when you know how to play, when you know the rules of the game, you can play the game. But if you don't know the rules of the game, then everybody got a plan for your money. And they get it. Plan. Plan. I hope this helps. I, no, I, mean, I, I know I'm kind of like different places, but I really you're good, know. You're good. You're good. That's powerful. Um, that's powerful. So yeah, we understanding where we need to go with our money with our thing. Let's 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 bring it in here. Let's bring it in here. Uh, well, there's okay. there's 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 a lot there. Let me see. Okay. Um, I like the English you say about assets bringing in money. The assets being the important part. So mm -hmm. I think. That the fear of the fear of money, okay, and especially understanding like coming from our background of, oh, if you have money, you money's root of all evil, right? If you got money, you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. um, like our beliefs on money at certain economic levels keeps us mm -hmm. from getting to the next economic level. Yeah. Um, so, what are some beliefs on money that that we can tweak or change? Because it, 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 and I'm really talking to our community here because it's, if we, we see money in a certain way, it's okay. It's okay if you get it yeah. in this way, right? Yeah. But this, but then if you do it this way, you're, 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 um, turning your back on the community. You're not necessarily doing it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what are some different beliefs that, that you had overcome and that you've seen some of the six and seven figure earners that you've worked with? overcome yeah. or, or have different different well i think that basically if we're talking about believers as far as believing in the word of god a lot of people don't know it's 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 about 600 scriptures on faith it's about 800 or so scriptures on prayer it's over 1700 scriptures in the bible about money finances okay so number one i would say Study yourself, study what the Bible says about finances, right? Because the Bible says that he wished, God said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Because I don't believe that God gets glory when he see his people poor. He, he never made us to struggle. That's why it's so hard, right? So number one, we got to get educated. We got to be able to transform our mind. And how do we do that, right? If you're, if you're, you know, a believer in God, look at the word, start Google financial scriptures, start right there. But I would say get in an environment, right? Because I'm saved. I've been saved over 25 years, right? And I love to do what I do because when people need something, and I say this very humbly, right? If I'm a part of something, Kim going to write the check, Right. Right. We can't build the kingdom of God if we don't have any money. <laughs> right. So we, we need money. Right. He said money answereth all things. So if we don't have any money, we can't bring answers. We can't be, a, a, you know, a solution. And so I get it. 
Our parents a lot of times didn't know about money. Our grandparents definitely didn't know about money, but it's up to us because right now we can start, you can start your financial future with as little as $50 a month. We just got to start. When the Bible says we're supposed, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, we can start investing in our children's children's future for $25 a month. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So the thing right. is to start, to get some education and just start because just putting $25 into a good company to have some type of ownership gets people excited. The first time I brought a stock, Oh my goodness. I was like, wow. Cause it done something to me. So it opened me up. Cause I didn't know anything like a lot of people start. We don't know. And sometimes yeah. the financial terms are so far over, you, you know, it sounds hard, but it's really not hard. I just, it's not. So just starting with $25 a month in a mutual fund <laughs> will get people started. And now we got these apps on our phone. You don't even have to have a, a broker. You can do it yourself. So there is no excuse. Right. And so I teach a lot of financial classes just to help people get started. So people don't have to have a, a, a half a million um, dollar portfolio. Uh, people don't even have to have a hundred thousand portfolio. People can start with a little as a hundred dollars a month, a hundred dollars uh, every two months. So just start where you are and then it will open you up and now you're going to be interested. And once you start buying a little bit, then you open to other assets. I promise you, it's something that goes off in you, right? That's dope. Yeah. That is, that is, that's dope. I appreciate you for bringing your time, your effort, your, your excellence and your expertise. And you can really tell it's your passion. And this is something that you really know deeply about. Yeah. Um, understanding that we need to start where we are yes. and that the everyday person is now empowered yes. to go about, you know, finding out the way they are. And we've yeah. seen that with many, like saying the apps, right? Um, the the uh, Dogecoin, right? The different, you know, when that whole yeah. thing went on with GameStop and AMC, and, yes. and it kind of got memed, but it's a sign of the times where the actual people have influence over these big companies. Yes, and and that that's amazing. Where the everyday, where you can just get on Facebook and learn about it, Reddit and learn about it, you know. Yeah. Um, so I love it. Hey, we can all find financial power and empowerment. We yes. have Kim Starks today. She yes. gave us the master class on what's yes. going on in uh, today's today's society. Man, tell us a little bit. Tell tell people where they can find you at, um, and and what you have going forward. Yes, and speaking of you know just getting started, I if you go to kimstarks.com, I'm about to have a invest now challenge. Right. So I'm going to be with people for five days. Right. And we are going to not only show them how the stock market works, how to utilize the stock market, but you're going to be able to set up an account in real time. You only need like twenty five bucks to set up your account. So if you've been thinking about investing or if you want to learn more and be around like minded people in a safe environment, Go to kimstarks.com and sign up for Invest Now Challenge, right? If you have any questions, you can reach me at kimstarks, uh, the number seven, at gmail.com. Kimstarks, the number seven, at gmail.com for any, you know, questions or anything like that. But go to kimstarks.com. 
Com and sign up for Invest Now. Even if you go and just look at some of the information, if you put your name and email in there, I will be emailing out just free free information from from time to time. So yeah, so get with me if you like anything sure. that you heard. Just get with me. Definitely and, uh, support her. I'll take all you of her on that journey. <laughs> Definitely link with her. All information will be in the description below. I thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Um, any last words? Anything you want to send us off with? I would say start now because the financial arena has changed. So we have to change.